So we've been doing a series on the armor of God from Ephesians 6 uh, over the past several weeks now, and uh, now we're getting to uh, some application, I would say, of how to use the armor of God. We're going to read through the armor of God passage, Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll begin reading in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Again, we're going to be looking predominantly at verse 18 here. We've been looking at the pieces of the armor of God. There are six pieces of the armor that we mentioned. The belt of truth, uh, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel shoes of peace. The shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. And all, all those are essential, are meant to go together with, uh, in putting on the armor of God. We, we should not neglect one for the other. We need to be fully equipped with the armor God has graciously provided for us. And now we come to verse 18. And now we talk about kind of how to apply that armor. And that is, of course, through prayer. The title of today's message is Prayer for the Battle. Prayer for the Battle. It was William Cooper who uh, wrote the, the hymn that we're familiar with, uh, There is a Fountain Filled with Blood. But he, uh, he was noted as a poet. Really interesting story about the guy. Maybe one time we'll talk about him. But in England, he had written this short uh, part of a poem that he wrote. He's talked to here about, he says here, Restraining prayer. By restraining prayer, we cease to fight. Prayer makes the Christian armor bright. And Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. How true is that? I think by so many times when we go into spiritual battle, I think so many times we are really inept, predominantly because we do not pray. I don't know about you, but whenever I read on the subject of prayer or study it, come across verses like this, but I'm always convicted. We need to be people of prayer. I think the, 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 the greatness of a church it's not in how many people we have, and not how many programs we run, or even, not even how many missionaries we support. The, the strength of a church is in our prayer life. The strength in your life is your prayer life as well. And like I said, how do we defeat Satan's attacks? We do it through prayer, by putting on the armor of God. And I think what William Cooper says here, by restraining prayer, by doing this, by stopping, by not praying, we cease to fight. If you don't pray, you're not fighting. That's pure and simple, folks. And I, that's convicting when you think about it. But again, as he says, a Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. There has been many people throughout history that have been noted prayer warriors. Uh, we could go through a whole list of them and reading biographies. So one, if you want, want to know one, a famous one would be uh, one like uh, George Mueller. Uh, Praying Hyde would be another one. Uh, there, there's a list of many that we could, re, re, we could point to, but these are all encouragements for us to do exactly what we are called to do in the battle, and that, as Paul says here, is to pray always with all prayer and supplication. So we're going to kind of break this verse down here uh, today. 
I want to say this too, but that this week in particular, I was preparing for this message last week, uh, and then that Saturday evening, I ended up in the emergency room and not not being able to be here. Um, and so, how do I get through the week? Through prayer. Really, there wasn't. You can ask my wife. There wasn't really a whole lot else I could do. <laughs> except to pray. And I think sometimes those are good positions to be in that God, by His grace, allows us to be in. Okay? So we're going to talk through this passage today in verse 18, kind of step by step, and talking about what is Paul saying here. It's kind of, There's a lot packed into verse 18. Let's take a few moments to do that this morning. First of all, Paul says here in verse 18, "...praying always with all prayer and supplication, the Spirit watching thereunto and the perseverance of the saints." Stop at the very beginning. Praying always. What does this mean? So again, the title of the message is Prayer for the Battle. So I want to begin by saying prayer for the battle means to pray always. Or as really the Greek says, is really not necessarily always, but it's really in all occasions. Or in every season is the idea. It's not just to pray continually like that's all you ever do. But this is really a part of your life. This is everything you do falls on prayer. And it really means to pray in all occasions or in every season. And why do we say this? Because what is the context of verse 18? It's spiritual warfare. In verse, eight, verse 12, we find out that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness, or rulers of the, uh, this darkness of the world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And we talked again that in four, four times the word against is found there in verse 12, and that talks about the intensity of our enemy to attack us. Why does he want to attack you, by the way? It's because you belong, not to him, you belong to Jesus Christ. That's why he attacks you. The devil has no problem letting a Christian who doesn't take the Bible seriously or following Christ seriously, he has no problem leaving them alone. But when we desire to walk according in obedience to him, as he has called us to do, to walk worthy in his steps... We then need to put on the armor of God. This is, so the context here is spiritual warfare. So when we say praying always is on every occasion. In other words, we need to pray in the good times. We need to pray in the bad times. We need to pray in times of rejoicing. We need to pray in times of mourning. But especially we need to pray when Satan attacks. When the attacks come, the first thing you should do is not run. It's to get on your knees and pray. Pray to God. Pray to our captain that he be with us. Colossians 4.2, Paul admonishes the Colossians there, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So the idea of praying and praying literally in all occasions or in every season is applicable to the Christian's life. I don't know what even this week or even this morning as you try to prepare to come to church this morning, the struggles that maybe you faced or your family faced or things that maybe even on your mind right now, uh, problems or appointments and things like that, okay? Whatever it may be, whenever the Satan attacks, what do we do? We should counter it with prayer. Prayer, why? Because what does prayer do? It shows our reliance upon God. You're not doing it necessarily to get your own strength. You're there to align your will with God's will. And we'll talk more about that. So that's really what it means here. Praying always means really to pray in all occasions or in every season, but especially when the devil attacks, be ready to pray. I've got a question for you as we start out. How is your prayer life today? How much time have you spent in, in, in prayer with God the Father? 
there is uh, statistics go off and on. You read through Barna or Peer Research or whatever the group may be. Uh, but a common statistic that's found that the average Christian prays about five, time, uh, five minutes a day. Five minutes a day, collectively. Probably most of that is over your food, if you do that, right? The startling thing is that they asked that same question to pastors. And the, que- and the question was this, pastors, how much time do you spend in prayer? The average time there was seven minutes a day. We are not going to win the battle, folks, when we neglect our prayer life. How desperately we need that communion with God. We will never be victorious. And we see Christians falling and failing left and right. Why? Because they are not a life connected in prayer with God. Let me ask you this. Prayer, in many ways, is our intimacy. It's our communion with God. Could you imagine husbands and wives, if you only spent five minutes talking to your spouse every day, or seven minutes with your spouse every day, how do you think long-term your relationship's going to be with your spouse or with your children, whoever it may be? It's going to be weak. It's going to be faulty. It will not be strong, folks. How important we need to spend time in prayer with God our Father. Forgive us, Lord, for not doing that. And I'm speaking to myself. I'm stepping on my own tones. If you want to see, I'll take out my shoes and you'll see they're bruised, okay? <laughs> Seriously, this is, this is a big deal, though. How important we need to spend time in prayer in all occasions. And we desperately need it, especially when we face Satan's attacks. I say this number two. Prayer for the battle not means just only to pray in all occasions, but prayer for the battle means to pray with all prayer and supplication. It's interesting in verse 18, and if you want, underline it, mark it, put it in a note, by it. I don't care how you do it, but notice there, four times the word all is mentioned as well. Praying all, it says always, but really all in all occasions. Praying with all prayer and supplication. Later on, You'll see here praying for all with all perseverance and then for all saints. So for, there's four times the word all is mentioned here. So very important as, as we look at that. But prayer for the battle means to pray with all prayer and supplication. So what is Paul talking about here? What's the difference? Prayer here is simply uh, just general prayer. Like for whatever reason, at any time, it's just general prayers. That means you could pray... You could be praying for thank, of Thanksgiving, for example, praying for someone, for example, uh, praying for in praise of God. There's a way, several ways to pray, but it's simply asked. By the way, what is prayer? I think sometimes we think of it as being lofty. Can I give you one little story that happened to me last Saturday? Mandy was there with me as we were in the emergency room. When I was getting discharged, uh, the RN who was uh, ministering to me did a fantastic job. Uh, I commend, commend him uh, greatly. But anyways, at the very end, I mentioned who I was, and I said, I'm a pastor at Victory Baptist Church, and I said, do you mind if I just pray for you, pray a blessing over you? His first says, well, he really kind of hesitated. He had a mask on, of course, so I couldn't see his face, but I could tell what he was feeling. He says, I'm not really religious. I, I don't, I'm not into that. He says, so you know what? God will favor who he wants to, <laughs> right? And so I prayed for him. His name is Brian. Pray for Brian, okay? And I've been praying for him that God... Not this Brian. If, I, if Sam, I might be still in the hospital. Never mind. <laughs> Love you, brother. Uh, but pray for him. But you know what? A lot of times when we think of prayer, what do we people immediately think of? Oh, that's just religious talk. That's just religion. You know what? Prayer is not religion. It's a relationship. 
When you talk to your wife, go on a date, is that religion? For some people, maybe it is. But no, that's communication. That's intimacy. That's, that's how we relate, communicate with one another, folks. And so, you know what I've been doing this week? I've been bringing Brian, my new friend at the ER, to the Lord. And I'm praying that God will work deeply in this man's life. I gave him my card here at the church, invited him, by the way, and just said, hey, if you need anything, you let me know. You can contact me. I don't know how God's going to work. I don't know if I'll ever see that man again. I hope not, at least there, okay? <laughs> but nonetheless, prayer is so important. Don't get caught up in the world's lie or even Christ, the Christendom's lie of prayer is simply a religious act that we do. It's something we do before the offering, something we do to open the service and close the service. It's something we do before we eat. Folks, we are talking to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Can't you imagine that? We have the privilege of going boldly before the throne of grace and seeking help in time of need. And by all means, there's times that you desperately need that communication with God. Rely on prayer, folks. Pray before our Lord. He is so good. That's prayer. That's general prayer. Okay, back to the text here. Praying with all prayer and supplication. What is this? Supplication is specific prayers. This is petitions. Asking God specifically, I'm praying specifically for Brian. I'm praying specifically for my health. You know, very different details there. But I'm praying specifically for that. I think so many times our prayers are too general. You say, you know, God, be with mom and dad. Okay, good. How? I'm praying for my mom and dad. They're right here, okay? But I'm praying specifically for them and God will work in their lives and different needs that they have. Pray specifically. Do we pray specifically? Pray for, let's go back to our family relationship. Pray for your spouse. All right. You guys know your, your spouse better than I do, obviously. Think in your mind or write it down. What's something specifically you can pray for your spouse about? Something very specific. Not that they'll just have a good day or have a good day at work or whatever it may be. Pray specifically for that. What do you think? All right? I want you to commit that to prayer this week. It's a challenge for us. Okay? But really, prayer and supplication, this is the idea, is to be prayers of all kinds, public, private, spoken, unspoken, formal, and praiseworthy. As Paul said in Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your crest be made known unto God. Prayer is so vital in our lives. So as we do that then, prayer for the battle means not only to pray in all occasions or pray with all prayer and supplication, but also pray with all perseverance. It says again in verse, uh, verse 18, it says, Praying supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So as we see here, the word watching thereunto, as we see here, this must be a watchful prayer. A watchful prayer. In other words, it's a call to be vigilant. It's interesting, 1 Peter 5 eight. we are called to be sober, to be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, who resists steadfast in the faith. As we see this here, we have an enemy. Again, the context here is spiritual warfare. We need to be on guard. We need to be vigilant. This is a watchful prayer. Always know your surroundings. Very important. Why is this? And here's the, I like what one commentator says here. We must watch against watchlessness. Watch for occasions of prayer and watch also for answers for prayer. 
Are you expecting God to really answer your prayer? I don't never really thought of that, Pastor. Do you really want God to answer your prayer? We pray for something, but a lot of times we just brush it off. Like, okay, we did our prayer, but do you actually expect God to answer your prayer? Very important, okay? This is also not to be just a watchful prayer, but a persevering prayer. In other words, at all times, in every suitable season, we must cultivate a habitual frame of prayer, a life of prayer. In other words, don't give up. You remember the parable, the widow and the unjust judge that Jesus gave? The ju- she would come to the judge and basically nag him to death, give me justice. And finally he said, okay, I've had it. Just give her what she wants so she's out of my face. If that judge finally gave in to her, would not our God more graciously give us what we need as we ask him? We persevere in prayer. And God is not like that unjust judge. That's the, that's the importance of that, that story. God is not like that judge. He's even more. He's the direct opposite of that. As we see this here, prayer also helps us Never to become discouraged and disheartened. We give our, there's, what is the song? Uh, are you weary? Are you ever, ever uh, downhearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He's a friend that's well known. Jesus said in Luke 18, and he spoke a parable in this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Pray means we should pray with perseverance. And also we see here in verse, in verse 18 here, that this prayer and supplication, uh, should be for all saints. This battle, prayer for the battle means to pray with supplication for all saints. This is an intercessory prayer. Praying for one another. For all saints. This is the communion of saints. This is not talking about people recognized as saints. It's not talking about that. This is talking about saints. Did you know what? If you're a child of God here today, you are a saint. You are a saint. That's what the Bible says. Paul clearly teaches that. We are saints. He's talking here that we should pray for one another in the battle because we're all in this together. This, yes, we can apply this individually. You're going through a personal spiritual battle. But guess what? This also applies to the, to the body as well. To the group of soldiers that I see here before me, pray for one another. You'll hear me say that often when I send out my weekly updates, uh, email updates. I usually say something, pray for one another. I'm not doing that just to fill in space, folks. I mean it. Pray for one another. We need it. We're in this battle together. We need to do it for all saints. Here's why. We have no ground or reason to expect blessings without it. It mean, It's a means of getting all blessings, both temporal and spiritual. It is the, in itself most heavenly duty we can perform. To pray for one another is a wonderful gift. Some of you say, man, I don't know what I can do here at the church. First thing I'm going to ask you to do is pray for one another. Pray for someone. If you don't say, man, this is a lot of group of people. I don't know how, where to start. Pray for one person. Pray for two people. If you need a list, I'll give it to you. Okay? But pray for one another. Very important. The thing is this. We are also to pray for one another because we're in the battle together. Here's a challenge. Pray. Here's the challenge, as I mentioned. Pray for two people and then have two people pray for you. Man, I don't know if I can do that. You know what? I think there would be folks here that would be glad to do that. As your pastor here, and I've mentioned this several times, and I, I love to say this, that I pray for you regularly every week. I go through the whole church family. There's a lot of times during the week, I simply come in the auditorium. I usually sit up here or maybe here, and I pray. I look at where you guys normally sit. If you switch up next week, okay, you'll throw me off, but that's okay. 
But I pray for your families individually by name. I pray that God will work in your lives, will bless you, will help you, help you to grow in him, whatever special needs are going on maybe in your life. I pray for you guys individually. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying because it's needed. I need to pray for you as a pastor. It's one of my duties. But I want to say this. I love you folks. I care about you. I want God's best for your life. I want you to see our great and mighty God. I pray for you, and I mean it, and I love it. And I want you to pray for one another. You pray for me. Thank you. I want you to pray for one another. So here, if you want to get started, my challenge is this. Pray for two people and have two people pray for you. If you want me to do that, sure, I'll be one of those two, okay? But let's do that. Let's do that together. The strength of the church is in our prayer life, folks. We need to do that. That's how we pray for the battle, okay? Here's a couple quick thoughts. Why should Christians pray for others? Because they are our brethren. Even though they might have different skin color, languages, or even names, pray for one another. Because, why? Because like us, they have hearts that are prone to evil and need with us the grace of God. We all need that. Also, we should pray because nothing tends to make us love others and forget their faults as to pray for them. Man, you have a problem with someone? Start praying for them and you'll see how quickly your, your uh, things you don't like about them kind of go away. Pray for them, all right? Also pray for them because the condition of the church is always such as it greatly needs the grace of God. There's many Christians that are backslidden, lukewarm. Many are in error. Many are conformed to this world. Pray that they become more holy and may devote themselves to God. And also pray because each day Christians face some special type of temptation or trial. This is part of our life. Every day, every week, we need to pray for one another. How important that is. So there's one part of this verse that we've kind of overlooked. Maybe you caught that here. We're supposed to pray always or in all occasions with all prayer and supplications. We're supposed to pray with all perseverance and also pray for all saints. There's one part that we're missing out here. Praying for the battle means then to pray in the Spirit. In the middle of this verse here, it says, Praying always all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. I want us to focus on that because I think this is the key. As we pray for, in the Spirit, this is, our, this is, by the way, when we pray for others, and I want to say this, I can't uh, leave this out. Our prayer is really a prayer for victory. Not for Victory Baptist, that too. But it's really a prayer for victory. As Je- and in Jesus Christ, we are victorious. So prayer for the battle means to pray in the Spirit. We should pray in the right way. What do I mean by that? There's sometimes we pray for things that we want. Uh, Mandu was telling me the other day that little Sammy, he was praying that God would, uh, would give a, a child. And he's been praying for this baby to come. He's been excited about that, little Sammy. But uh, anyways, what happened, though, was this. That Sammy, uh, you know, Mandu was saying, yeah, when you pray, God will give you what you want in all that, okay? And then Sammy starts praying, says, well, oh, he was frustrated. He says, I was praying that God would make me a dinosaur. Love that boy, okay? But, and she wisely said, well, God doesn't give us everything we want. He gives us what basically according to his will. And that's the point. And how do we align our will up with God? It's by praying in the Spirit. The Greek word here translated to pray in, like we see in verse 18, can mean, it has a variety of meanings actually, but it can mean by means of, with the help of, in the sphere of, in connection to. But here's the point. As we pray in the Spirit, it's praying not in a special language, as some people might say. It's not praying. It's basically by praying like with the Spirit, connected to the Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit. By doing that, praying in the Spirit builds our faith. Jude chapter, uh, of course, only one chapter there, verse 20, mentions that, but it builds upon our faith what we've already, the faith once delivered to the saints. Okay? It builds upon our faith. Also, praying in the Spirit does not refer to the words that we are saying. Here's, here's important. I want you to catch this here. Um, Harvey, can you say there's a man, there's a couple people out there. Can you just check that out, please? Thank you. Anyways, as we see here, praying in the Spirit here does not refer to the words that we are saying. Rather, it refers to how we are praying. You catch that? It's, so prayer is not so much the words you say, but it's how you are praying. It's the attitude of prayer and how you are connected. Very important as we see that. Also, we see here praying in the Spirit is praying according to the Spirit's leading. It's really saying, thy will be done, as Jesus did. When Jesus was going through even his time at Gethsemane, Jesus spent many time in, in, public, or in private prayer as well, and he prayed uh, many times, Lord, let thy will be done. It's also praying for things the Spirit leads us to pray for. I want us to look at this passage here uh, here today, Romans chapter 8. V- familiar passage, but I think this really hits home on how we should pray in the attitude of prayer. It's not so much the words that you say. I think sometimes Christians, especially baby Christians, when they try to pray, they just don't know how, what, what to say. Uh, how do I begin? The thing is, it's simply just talking to God, Okay. But here's the important thing as we see. Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 26. Let's look at that verse. Romans 8, 26. The Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So the Spirit there is working for us. Praise for us. We know that Jesus is praying. He's on the right hand of God our Father, making intercession for us. But the Spirit is within us. And that Spirit also prays for us in ways that... And here's the amazing thing about this. This is such a precious uh, relationship we have here. Because why? In verse 27, he says, And he, the Spirit, searcheth the hearts, knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Here's Paul's use of the saints. You're the saints. You're the believers here. And what is the will of God? It's flushed out in verse 28. Verse you hopefully know. And we know that all things work together for good to them that are the called according to his, or to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And so God's will for our lives is that we be aligned with the Spirit. So praying in the Spirit basically means to align our will with God's will. It's pretty simple. To align our wills with God's. It's saying, God, let your will be done. I'm praying for this. I've been praying for my, this issue, physical issue I've been going through this week. And I'm praying, God, I'm, I'm just having to trust in you. There's been many times this week, I will say this, that uh, especially with the pain that I was dealing with this week, I could, I could not think straight in many days because the pain was just so intense. Um, and so I didn't even know how to pray. And I thank God that through his spirit, he was praying for me, caring for me. I don't know if you've ever experienced when the pain is so intense where you can't think about anything else. That's kind of what I dealt with for several days. And I thank God, again, that His Spirit was there. But here's the point of this whole passage that we've been looking at in Ephesians 6, especially verse 18, that those who wear the armor of God make the best prayer warriors. Those who put on the armor of God, who wear the armor of God, make the best prayer warriors. 
I don't see many prayer warriors that don't put on the armor of God. I think of a good friend of ours in, back in Tennessee. He's now gone with the be the Lord. His name was Adolf Canales. Remember Adolf? He was a mighty man of prayer. And uh, he would always finish his prayers by saying this. And I pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ. He prayed that way. And I'll never forget that man's prayer life. There's many others I could point to as well. Adolf Canales is one of them. I want to finish this message here by sharing this story about the importance of prayer. And this is the point I want to kind of bring us to. I was actually talking with Harvey here just the other day about this. But I think, how do you face the battle in prayer? And I think one of the keys to doing that is having a consistent prayer life that leads up months, years before that battle actually takes place. You're kind of ready for that. And you do it in prayer. You seize it in prayer. I want to tell you the story of the Cory Ten Boom family. How many of you have heard of Cory Ten Boom in the hiding place? Most of you have. I don't know if you know this part of the story or not. It's amazing. I've, we actually have friends that work with the Cory Ten Boom House Foundation. Um, I'll tell you that story another time. Amazing story. But anyways, as we think about the Ten Booms, they were living in, in Harlem in, in, in Holland. And of course, we famously know them in World War II. They helped rescue over 800 Jews and partisans from the Nazis. And of course, in their home, they had a special hiding place that was in Corey's bedroom at the top floor of the house. And, um, but anyways, one thing that happened, though, is on the day of the raid, what was going on, there was, there was actually a prayer meeting going on. This was actually started by Corey's great-grandfather, Willem uh, Ten Boom. And in 1844... The family had met on a regular basis with others to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and to pray for the welfare of the Jewish people. They believed in the, in the establishment of the state of Israel. They actually were Zionists in the uh, mid-1800s. They were praying that way. And so this meeting had gone on for exactly 100 years, 1844, and finally it was on February 28th of 1944 that someone had turned the Ten Boom family into the Gestapo, saying that they were harboring Jews and others. And so they came and raided. About 20 people arrested. Most of the Ten Boom family was arrested, and other friends as well. Corey and her sister were eventually taken to the Robinsburg concentration camp, where Betsy eventually died. Corey was released about a week later on a clerical error. She found out later that all the women her age were killed. It was only by God's grace that a miracle that even happened. But as you think about that, that meeting, that to prepare themselves for that moment when they were arrested and faced the horrors of the Nazi concentration camps for what they were doing in helping rescue Jewish people during the Holocaust. What had happened is this. That family had been seasoned in prayer for a hundred years. A hundred years prayer meeting had been taking place. That's how they were prepared in their spirit to approach that day. As you think about this, as you think about this, I like what Betsy said, Corey's sister said this, that there, remember this, that there is no deep pit so deep that God is not deeper still. They were prepared for that. Corey Ten Boom later said too in one of her books, the devil smiles when we make plans. He laughs when we get too busy, but he trembles when we pray, especially when we pray together. How important we need to pray. So folks, I don't know what battle you are facing right now, but I know you have faced battles. You know what? In this life, you're going to face another battle. How are you going to make it through? It's by devoting yourself into a lifestyle of prayer, a praying life. And I pray that you take these words seriously, to pray always, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, 
watching there with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. By doing this, you put on the armor of God. Those who wear the armor of God make the best prayer warriors. Praying in the battle calls us to pray before the battle, not just in it. This is the praying life.